Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. I want to share today something God put on my heart and uh, something I haven't really shared before. And I was thinking about how Jesus, you know, um, we sing a line in a song that Jesus changes everything. And um, that is the truth because if we look at our world today and if you look at some things like how um, people are treated, how the poor are treated, people now have a greater respect for people and uh, and uh, and uh, like uh, there's organisations and people over the world that want to help people and, and don't put people aside and, and want to help the poor and, and the needy and all these different things. There's so many things in our world happen, how people are being treated and, and what people are doing around the world for other people. It all actually traces us back to Jesus it all comes out of him and because if you go and look at the world before Jesus came it was it was a terrible place to live um, for example the Roman Empire before Jesus came went and murdered a million people in one go uh, because they were just poor and needy and they th- saw them as insignificant so they went and killed them all just and there was no and no one better than Eilish no one no one thought that was terrible that was just oh they're just they, they needed to die anyway, was their thinking. So when Jesus came, he started to change. He came into culture. We talk about miracles and all these kinds of things, but Jesus actually came and changed culture. He changed thinking. And one of the things I want to talk about today is that Jesus came in and he changed the way people saw and, and treated women. And so I want to give you some background, uh, a bit of an idea of what it was like for a woman before in Jesus' time, when, before he came and, and when he was walking the earth. And basically Jesus was a revolutionary. He was not afraid to challenge the status quo and uh, reestablish scriptural precedents. But we need to understand a bit about those times. How were women viewed and treated? So here's a few things about what it was like. This is a Jewish woman. And so obviously there was, there was Romans and all that. And some of them were treated even worse than this. Um, but um, this is if, you were, if you're a Jewish woman, this is how it was for you in Jesus' time. While a man's primary responsibility was seen as public, a woman's life was confined almost entirely within the private family sphere. In other words, in a home. Where a woman were not allowed to testify in court. In effect, this categorized them with Gentiles, minors, deaf mutes, undesirables such as gamblers and the insane. Okay? Just let you know. A woman with statue could not run a business and would be rarely seen outside her home. Only a woman in dire need who was forced to become a family breadwinner could have her own small business. If a woman was ever in the streets, she was prohibited from talking with men. If a woman didn't spend most of her time in the home, she was considered a prostitute. In other words, shopping. Now, that's something you may want to bring back. I don't know. Um... Uh, except possibly to go out and buy some material to make clothes, okay? Uh, Most women couldn't read or write, which is something I didn't realize. Most women couldn't read or write in Jesus' day. It wasn't considered important for women to learn to read or study Scripture. Women were were separated from men in private, public, and religious life. They could go to the temple but could not go beyond the women's court. So there was an area where women could sort of stand and worship, but they couldn't go into the main temple. Now, it's also uh, interesting to note that Solomon's temple, which was God's 
um, design for the temple in the Old Testament never had a women's court in it. Everyone worshipped together. That was God's plan. But over the years, man threw in his ideas and his ways and they had a segregated women into one area. Women were not allowed to participate in public prayer at the temple. They were encouraged to have private prayer in their home. The few rights of women included her right to go to the house to hear sermon or pray. Also, it was her basic right to attend a wedding feast or a funeral or to visit relatives. Men could legally divorce a woman for almost any reason simply by handing her a letter of divorce. A woman, however, could not divorce her husband. It was against the law. So that's a small picture of what it was like to live in that time as a woman, which was pretty full on. And so that was the culture. And so now I want to look at when Jesus arrived, here's some things that Jesus did that were totally against Society, but he showed he basically showed people the value of Wimpact in three and a half years. So Jesus was a revolutionary in regard for women. Jesus shattered this darkness by offering his teachings freely to anyone who would listen, whether they were women or men. In other words, the society says, Oh no, a woman can't read scripture, they can't listen to scripture, they can't do it in public. Jesus invited everyone to come. In Luke, we see Jesus publicly associating with women. Some were women of high standing in society. Some were women of ill repute, like prostitutes, etc. And some even had had been possessed by demons. You know, in that that was a big. You don't go near those people. You don't the, in society. You don't go. You, they stay. You separate yourself from them. But Jesus actually went and found them. And reached out to them. Time after time in the Gospels, we see Jesus offering his teachings, healing, and forgiveness to women as well as men. First, Jesus refused to treat um, women as inferior, right? So he's he's he showed them that they're not inferior. Society was saying, "Oh, there's men are here and they they're important and all that," but you're kind of a bit under them, and so you just need to do this over here. But Jesus said, "No," he said, "They're not inferior. They're just as important as anyone." Else, And so the gospel writers each testify to Jesus treating women with respect, frequently responding in ways that reject cultural norms. He recognizes their dignity, their desires, and their gifts. And I just want to share, before we finish today, three things Jesus did that showed this to other people. Three powerful things that even have you know, occurrences for us today that still flow into, in today into our society, into our church. And so... Jesus, the first thing Jesus did is that he actually spoke to women in public, which was like almost like you never do that. You're not allowed to do that. That wasn't God's ways. That was, that was their own man-made ways, religious leaders' ways. That's what they put into place. So he cures, he says, he says I'm not going to read every scripture, but I'm just going to share some stories and examples. So Jesus cures a woman who had been crippled for 18 years, laying hands on her in the temple and saying, Woman, you are set free of your infirmity in Luke 13, 12. When the leader of the synagogue becomes indignant that Jesus had healed a woman on the Sabbath, Jesus uses a little uh, title of particular dignity for her. This has never been used before. He calls her a daughter of Abraham in Luke 13, 16. While the expression son of Abraham was often used to indicate that a male Jew was recognized as bound by covenant to God, women had never been called daughters of Abraham. With this title, Jesus recognizes this woman as having equal worth to other men. 
So we read all these things in the Bible, but we don't understand. When you start to understand the background and the culture, Jesus said some things that absolutely were like, what has he just said? What, how, he, we, don't, we don't say that. But Jesus was showing them a better way. In John 4, incredible story, one of the most amazing stories in the Bible about a uh, conversation Jesus had is that, that Jesus ignored two codes of behavior when he, when he did this. He initiates, it's a story about the woman at the well. And he initiates a conversation with a foreigner. She was a Samaritan. In addition, this foreigner was also a woman. So it's like, oh, naughty Jesus, you've done two bad things. And so it's a story of the woman at the well. So John, I'm just going to read parts of it. I'm not going to read the whole scripture. Some of you know this story. Some of you may not, but I'll I'll fill in some gaps. Jesus arrives at a Samaritan village, and and Jews and Samaritans didn't mix. They didn't talk to each other. They They tried to stay separate. And so... They arrive at the the well of a Samaritan village, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph long ago. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well. He sent his disciples into the village to buy some food, so Jesus is there by himself, for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water by herself, which in in itself was um, a bit different because they used to come in groups. But this woman had been segregated because of her lifestyle and she came by herself. Jesus said to her, so he initiates a conversation, give me a drink of water. Surprise, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water and they go and have this conversation and about all about living what's about water and she's trying to get her head around she's thinking natural water and Jesus is talking about spiritual water and Jesus answered down further if you drink from Jacob's well you'll be thirsty again and again this water you're getting out of the well but if anyone drinks the living water I give them they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied for when you drink the water I give you it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life and then they go on and have a conversation about all these different things and then Jesus starts to bring up her life and asks ask about, oh, you know, how's your husband? And she goes, oh, I don't have a husband and, 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 and at the moment. And, he, and Jesus says, yeah, that's right. You've actually had five husbands. And she's like, what? And he starts to speak into her life and starts to reveal. He wasn't being condemning. He was just bringing some things to the surface. And they had this whole conversation about worship and about this and about that. And she tries to quickly change the subject about all this stuff, but was amazed that he suddenly knew these things about her and he begins to speak into her life. Then down further, it says, The woman said, This is all too confusing, but, but I do know that the anointed one is coming the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, now this is the only time, this is the only person he said this to that I can find in the Bible. You don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you're looking for. He could have this conversation with anybody, but he chooses a Samaritan woman who they weren't meant to speak to and a woman for a start that that men weren't meant to have this conversation with. And he begins to reveal all these things to her. At that moment, the disciples returned. Now, you've got to remember that you're putting the whole thing in picture here. Disciples returned because they're like, they know the rules, right? And were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman. Yet none of them dared ask why or what 
they were discussing. All at once, the woman dropped her water jar and ran off to her village and told everyone, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've, I've ever done. He could be the anointed one we've been waiting for. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to see Jesus. The Bible says the whole village came out and for two days... Jesus met with them. The Bible doesn't give us all the details, but they would have encountered the power of God, been healed. He would have shared with them for two days straight. All be, and, it, and they're a Samaritan village the Jews aren't meant to associate with. And all because Jesus initiated a conversation with a person he wasn't meant to talk to because that was against the rules. A whole village is touched by the power of God. And in this society, Jesus... It's like he just was going counterculture against everything that was meant to go. He deliberately pushed against society. He deliberately pushed against ways and situations to show people the best way, to show people. He deliberately did things to shatter that. And that's why religious leaders and, and people got mad at him and wanted to kill him on the cross because he was changing not only, he wasn't just doing miracles, he was changing society. He was changing mindsets and people were suddenly having value for each other and people that followed Jesus' disciples, they were men and women and so they had value and they started to value women and they're like, you, that's not how it's meant to be. It's meant to be our way. And Jesus said, no, it's meant to be God's kingdom. It's meant to be his way. And that's what he demonstrated. The second thing he did this is this. He, he showed respect and compassion. Jesus refused to view women as unclean or especially deserving of punishment. And the most dramatic story is the woman, and I shared a bit about this last week, the woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, bleeding for 12 years, gone to every doctor, everything, tried to get help, spent all her money, and Jesus in a crowd of hundreds and th probably thousands of people pressing against him. And the Bible says that she, she crawls through the crowd and says to herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment... I believe I'll be healed. And so she crawling. Jesus is on his way to help uh, Jairus' daughter who's dying. And uh, on her way, he stops and all people are bumping into him. And he said, touch me. Who touched me? And, and the, the disciples are like, who, what do you mean, Jesus? Everyone's bumping into you. Everyone's touching you. And he says, no, I felt power go out from me. And then this woman is on her knees, scared as what happened to her because she wasn't allowed to, she was unclean. And she, by law, by ritual law, she wasn't allowed to go and touch anyone's garment or the hem because anyone she touched, the law said that she made them unclean as well. And especially Jesus, who's a rabbi, she thought, I'm not meant to go near a man. And she expected to get put down. You know, Jesus turned around and go, what you, how dare you do this? But Jesus didn't. He turns around and says to her as a conversation and says, your faith holds. Because Jesus knew she had been instantly healed. And the amazing thing about this story is that the law said that when she touched Jesus or anyone else in that crowd, that, that then Jesus would have been unclean. But when you touch one who has the power over sin and death, the carrier of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, when she touched Jesus, Jesus wasn't made unclean. The clean made the unclean clean. By her touching Jesus, it was a total opposite. Suddenly, the Jesus, the Bible said, oh, that if she had touched someone else, that, he, that, that person would be unclean according to the Old Testament law. But Jesus had power flow through him and she was instantly healed and made clean in a moment. All because she had faith to step out. And, and Jesus 
showed her compassion. He didn't put her down. He showed her compassion. And Jesus recognised the dignity of women in situations that the law demanded they should be punished or judged. And two other examples of these, that the sinful woman who anoints Jesus, she was a prostitute and she walks into a, to, um, the building and she used to be and she has that expensive jar of oil and, and sits over Jesus and, and washes his feet and does all these things. And by law, the, the, the people in the house were like indignant saying, she, that woman, you know who she is? She shouldn't do that. And Jesus basically just, just told him off and said, she's been, she, he said, she understands forgiveness better than you. She understands what she's been forgiven of. And now she's blessing me and getting me ready for what I'm about to do, which was go to the cross and, and understand it, but pay for the price for all their sin. And so she does this, and so Jesus shows her kindness. The other lady is the woman caught in adultery. That they were, she was dragged out in the streets, and, and, they, and the punishment for that was they had stones in their hands, dragged her out in the street, and they were going to stone her to death, and they pull her in front of Jesus and say, because they want to trick him up, don't want to trip him up because he's treating women with dignity and respect, and they're sick of it, so let's just try and trip him up. And they pull this woman out here. You'll have to, you'll have to tell us to stone her. And Jesus looks at them and looks at her with compassion and he said any of you who haven't sinned you throw the first stone and they all just stand there and they one by one drop the rocks and all walk away until it's only Jesus and her and he doesn't condemn he doesn't you know um, he doesn't like say justify the sin or anything like that he doesn't gloss over her sin, but he doesn't condemn her. He invites her to a new place of freedom and a new image of herself. He says to her, where are all your accusers? They're all gone. He said, now go and sin no more. He said, this is your point of change right now. Go and change your lifestyle. And, this, and the last point is this, as we finish today, that Jesus, this was totally out there. Jesus had disciples who were women. Jesus steps over expected boundaries between men and women by his acceptance of women as disciples. Jesus taught women about scripture and his way of love. The story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10, 38 to 42 highlights Jesus' acceptance and blessing of Mary's desire to learn. She is described as the one who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. This is the typical position of the Bible to sit at the feet of a rabbi. Meant, that meant that that person was one of his disciples and clearly showed that she was following Jesus like anyone else. Jesus not only taught women, but some women traveled with him and ministered to him. You've got to remember that in those days, women didn't know how to read or write. A thought came to me, how many people did, how many women did Jesus teach how to read? How many women did he teach how to write? Because if he was hanging out with them, he would have the disciples helping them to understand the scriptures, probably read the scriptures, write, learn to write. So he, he's, Jesus not only just, he's like an educator, he's a teacher. He, he did it all. He brought them into a place of society where he wanted to help them to grow as a disciple and to live in this world. In Luke 8, Jesus described as journeying from village to village, preaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God. The 12 that made disciples were with him and several women. Mary called Magdalene, from whom several demons had gone out. Johanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Chusa, Susanna, and the many other among us who provided for them out of their resources. So he had women with him traveling, which was totally 
No other rabbi, no other person at that time anywhere was doing anything like that. They would have been despising him. How dare he do that? How? What's? What of all these people? What? There's, there's, there's women. There's just women. There's children. There's people following all over the place. Whole families on the mount on the Sermon on the Mount. There's whole families. He fed five thousand. There was men, men, women, and children all there. Jesus, he wanted to reveal God's kingdom. The picture of women disciples is amazing, given the Jewish women at the time were not to learn scripture or even leave their households. And often it was women who were the most appreciative of, his, of Jesus. It was the woman who washed the Saviour's feet and anointed him for burial in Mark 14.3. It was a woman who were with him at the cross at the end. It was women who were there because they were so appreciative of what he'd done. They understood what he was doing on the cross and they were there. The others had fled, but they were there. It was a woman who, were at the, who was the first to come to the tomb and proclaim his resurrection. Who was the first person that Jesus appeared to when he rose from the dead? It wasn't a man. It was a woman. So Jesus did something completely new. Something that astonished people in that time. It doesn't astonish us now. But if we were back in that time, we would be more of that's why Jesus stood out so much. I want to finish with this statement as the worship team comes as we finish today. Jesus' New Testament followers continue to follow his footsteps. You read all through the book of Acts. Uh, it included women in their gatherings and uh, counting them as co-laborers for Christ in Romans 16.3. This was only fitting for Jesus the Messiah. In His love shattered the restricted status of women in the times in which He lived. Because of Him, all individuals, Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, can be one in Christ and enjoy unequaled freedom as children of God. Jesus broke the law. He broke the boundaries. It wasn't God's law, it was man's law. He walked into society, healed people, did incredible miracles. But he also changed the, his known world. You know, he changed the world, changed society. You know what? The church is still called to do the same thing. Sometimes you just got to stand up when you know something is not God's way. Sometimes you've got to stand up and be counted. We do it with love. We do it with kindness. We do it to take. That's why, you know, that's why he got verbally abused. That's why he, people tried to arrest him many times. And the Bible said he just walked through the crowd. He, when, if no one could arrest Jesus, Jesus willingly had to let himself be arrested. No one could take him out because he walked in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. But he came to show and reveal the kingdom. And he loved women and that has continued the book of Acts and all through the years and I think on Mother's Day the greatest thing we can do is you know if, if Mother's Day was happening in those days if they celebrated Mother's Day Jesus I think would be the first to put up his hand and let's celebrate he'd be the one championing that announcing that in the streets saying let's honour our mums let's bless our mums he'd be the one because he showed a better way than the way they were living. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. 
If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.basarchristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Basar Christian Church.